If you are able, would you please stand for our gospel reading? This is the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Lord, would you teach us through your word, this morning, this very moment, your spirit filling us as your people, guiding and directing your church. Help us to be faithful sons and daughters of your kingdom. Fill us with your life, with your love and your peace so that we may be attentive to your work in our midst and that we would receive your work, receive the way of your kingdom as for our good and a gift that you give to us. We pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well, good morning again. It is wonderful to be back with you here live streaming. I'm here with Brandon running sound for us. He and I were joking. Uh, I grew up being taught to preach and and live for an audience of one. And today we have that audience of one, although I'm not sure Brandon was the one I was told to preach for. Um, And yet yet here we are. So I'm grateful for him uh, and for you joining us by distance and hopefully in a few moments able to come and join us in person for communion. But I want to reflect for a few minutes now today on our gospel reading on Matthew 26. Last week, if you were with us, we talked about walls, about walls and kind of an impasse that we sometimes come to in our spiritual lives, in our journey with Christ. And today, in some ways, it's a similar theme, this sense of limitation, especially grieving our limitations. This is something that we do. We grieve the limits that we encounter in life, and they can feel like a wall of sorts. Those limitations can feel restricting and constricting in many ways. And so often what we tend to do when faced with our limitations is we just deny them. We deny them altogether. And I've seen this in countless ways. I've seen this even recently in films that have come out, in TV shows that are made, because what's the greatest limitation we have as human beings? It's our own mortality. The fact that you and I will die. And so what then do we do? Instead of accepting that and learning to live, anticipating our own death, we tell stories. We tell stories about transcending that limitation. And so we create TV shows and movies about living within the mind of a supercomputer. 
where we live forever in a digital paradise of our own making. We listen to the latest scientists from Cambridge or Harvard or wherever it may be saying how they are on the cusp of curing aging. And finally, we will be freed from death and our inevitable end. And on and on, I could give examples of how we try and transcend those limitations. And yet what I want us to see today is to see those as Christians, the way they're meant to be seen, which is really a last gasp attempt at control. Fundamentally, those come from a place of control where you and I say, we are the masters of our own destiny. And so I get to write this script and I get to decide where this is headed. And yet as Christians, there is another way. This is something we have to resist and really say there is no place for this in the Christian life. Instead of trying to deny our limitations or in our own strength transcend them, one of the goals, one of the jobs, frankly, for you and me as Christians is to learn to receive limitations as a gift to receive limitations as a gift from God and to live then, live within those limitations. This is a deeply Jewish idea. We receive this from our Jewish ancestors. You see this in the Psalms, especially one of the most beautiful Psalms, Psalm 16 says in verse six, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant Places. That's a psalm that says boundaries, limitations given to me by God are not for my harm, but they are pleasant to me. They fall in pleasant places. And you see this continue into the New Testament as well. You see this in the Christian scriptures. I think of James chapter 1, verse 25. James says this, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. The perfect law of liberty. And so for James, law, which is limiting, is somehow connected to liberty, which is freedom. And so law leads to freedom, rightly understood. I thought this week of a great example I heard actually years ago in the Alpha Course. If you have gone through the Alpha Course, you've likely heard this. Nikki Gumbel tells this story often, and it's one of my favorites that he tells. He says years ago when his son was younger, he took his son to a soccer game. And his son's team was there and the other team was there, but the referee was not there. There was no one to call the game. And so time was ticking on. The next team was going to have to play in about an hour. And so they just said, you know, let's just, let's just go for it. Let's just begin the game. The kids know the rules. They'll play and they'll sort it out. And he said it was absolute carnage. It was the worst thing he'd ever seen. He said, they're tackling each other. They're throwing fists at each other. No one's following the rules. It's just out of line. You've got blood flowing. It was just this terrible scene. And then he says, the the referee shows up a few minutes, maybe 10, 15 minutes into the game and restores order. He, you could say, brings the hand of the law upon the game. And yet what it did is it brought freedom. It brought freedom for those players to now be reminded that their ability to enter into the dance of the game, the dance of soccer, was actually enabled by them living within proper boundaries. A beautiful, very helpful example. 
Now I say this, for us to say that the boundaries given by God are good and pleasant does not mean that it's not hard at times. It does not mean that it's uh, not a struggle. To walk in the law of the Lord is not always a walk through the park on a crisp autumn day. No, it is a real struggle at times because our will and the will of the Lord are often in, in tension and in struggle. You see this in Matthew 26 today. You see, I believe, the human reality, the human will of Jesus. And then you see his perfect submission to the father, but him living with the, the, the reality of his humanity as he faces his certain death. He submits his desires to the limits, we could say, the limits of the father, because he knows that vision, that limit to be good, to be divinely orchestrated, but he is not blind to the fact that what awaits him is difficult and incredibly painful. And here's the amazing thing about this moment in the gospels. Jesus invites his disciples to join him, to join him in that struggle. And I believe in a similar way, he's inviting you and me today as well to join him in that place of struggle to, as he says, to come and to watch and to pray. It's a powerful phrase that I want us to sit with for a few minutes, to watch and to pray. If you've been tracking along with our study of emotionally healthy spirituality, Pete Scazzaro in this week's reading says this. He says, the true spiritual life is not an escape from reality. It's not an escape from reality, but an absolute commitment to it. An absolute commitment to reality. And so we are invited to watch and to pray with Jesus, fully rooted in the reality that you and I find ourselves in. In. And so the challenge I think that Scazzaro gives us, especially with this passage in mind, is for you and me to pay attention. Pay attention to your limitations, to where you're feeling limitations and how they might be inviting you into the way of the Lord or how they might be a source of struggle, a struggle that if you give into that temptation will actually take you out of the Lord's will, take you out of that good and pleasant boundary that he invites you into. And so Scazzaro gives us a handful of examples. The first and maybe the most obvious one he points us to is our physical limitations, our bodily limitations. And we can feel this in the simple fact that you and I age. We feel those limitations as we're aging. I'm in my mid-30s in my mid-30s, which is the season of life that John Mulaney calls moist. Uh, I'm not old, but I'm not young. I'm just moist. That's what he says. Um, and so you're kind of in this prime of your decline, as other friends have called it. Uh, and so I'm young enough to feel as though I haven't actually aged, where I, I can remember 10, 15 years ago and feel as though I'm, I'm just as young as I was then. And yet I'll have these little moments in life where I'm bitterly reminded that that's simply not true. A few weeks ago, my daughter got rollerblades and uh, I, I used to love rollerblading. I grew up on the Mighty Ducks, which is now the second time in a sermon at the North Side I've mentioned the Mighty Ducks, which is too, too many. Uh, and yet here we are. And I grew up loving that, loving roller hockey and played uh, street hockey, you know, for countless hours as a child. And so when my daughter got rollerblades, I thought, oh, I can still do this. And so I put them on a few weeks ago in our front driveway and the 
fear of God fell upon me. Uh, and all it took everything I, I had in me to not break an arm or shatter my hip or all sorts of horrible things that might've happened to me because I've lost all sense of balance. Uh, it's a long way down from up here, down to the ground. And so was just terrified by the whole prospect, pulled him off as quick as I could. It was a, a humbling moment where I realized I am simply not as young as I used to be. That was my body speaking to me, giving me a limitation, telling me you cannot do what you thought you could do or what you once were able to do. And yet the bodily reality of our existence cannot be ignored. And it's also for our good. It's an invitation, even as we age, even as our capacities diminish, it's an invitation for you and for me to, to learn to tune our bodies to the way of the spirit, to say, how do I integrate my spiritual longings and my physical realities? Because I think in Matthew 26, the disciples spiritually long to be with Jesus. When he says, come and pray with me, they're, they're not sitting there saying, no, nah, I'd rather not. I'm not interested in the things you're doing, Jesus. No, they're not saying that at all. They've been with Jesus. They've walked with him. They've seen the miracles, the way in which God is working through him in unspeakably profound ways. They want to be with him. The spirit is willing, we are told, and yet the body is weak. And I think we can roll our eyes at the disciples and say, could you not go and pray with Jesus? Did you not know what night this was, that you're in the garden of Gethsemane? And yet, how many times do we do a version of the same thing? How many times, at least just speaking for myself, how many times have I wanted to pray, maybe to put the day to rest with prayer, and I try and reach the Lord in prayer and, and tune my heart that direction, and yet I start praying at 11.15, 11.30 at night, the lights are dimly lit, I'm lying in bed saying my evening prayers, and then I'm wondering why I'm not sensing the nearness of the Lord, why I'm not having this profound encounter with him. Well, I've done nothing to align my spiritual life and my physical life. I've not actually directed my body in such a way that it's in tune with the nearness and the presence of God and my spirit may be willing, but I'm giving in to the weakness of my flesh. And so part of what you and I have to do is even while seeing that limitation to say, how can I within these God-given limits still tune my life to the grace of God. There's so many other limits that Scazzaro gives us. If you have the book on page 130, he lists a bunch of them. He talks about the limits that we have on our own talents. Uh, he talks about financial limits, the limits on our resources. He talks about relational limitations. That's a huge one, a huge one to sit with. What relational limitations do you have placed on you? I'm a married man. And so that means for me, I have relational limits placed upon me. Uh, I am not free to relate to any and, and every woman the way that, that I, I choose. I have very real limitations relationally. And those aren't placed upon me. It's not like a ball and chain. I hate that phrase. These are limits that I have joyfully accepted because I say, I believe it is for my good. I believe God's grace reaches me and shapes me and molds me into who I am meant to be by living within the limitations of marriage. And that's true, just as true if you're single, if you have children, if you don't have children, whatever your relational life looks like, those seasons of life bring with them limitations that are not for your harm, but are for your good. 
if you can choose to live within them and actually see them as a blessing. And yet that is the challenge. That's what I believe what Paul is largely talking about in our Romans reading. We struggle in the flesh to believe that the limits, the law of the Lord is actually for our good because our desires and our longings are not always trustworthy. They're fickle things. Just because you want something, just because it feels right in the moment does not actually mean it's for your good. It does not actually mean you should act upon that desire. And so you and I need to surround ourselves with wisdom. We need to root ourselves in the scriptures and the teaching and the worship of the church so that we are tuning our desires and our bodies in the direction of the Lord, that we're finding that alignment. So our desires are actually in keeping with what he longs for us. And so I would ask you today simply, do you believe, do you believe that the commands of the Lord are for your good? Do you believe that the things he invites you and me to say yes to will actually make you more human, will lead to your flourishing in a greater way than it would if you said no? And I believe until you and I can say yes to that question, we will be like these early disciples. We will fail to watch and pray, fail to be attentive to the work of Jesus. We will fail to join him in the joy and the struggle that is the way of the cross. And so for us to actually be able to enter into this, this is going to require of you and me an incredible amount of humility, an incredible amount of humility where we need to realize my best laid plans and your best laid plans might need to change. That God's best and your best for your life are not always a one-to-one. And as a Christian, how do we learn to submit our vision, submit ourselves, our very lives to the way of Jesus and say, I'm choosing to be guided by you and your guiding hand rather than self-directing every step of the way. Now, it doesn't mean that you're a robot. It doesn't mean that you ignore the places in your life you feel pain or confusion or fear or longing or or desire, you should tend to those and pay attention to those. And again, I think you see this in the example of Jesus today when he says, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. And yet at the same time, he gives us words that you and I need to keep close to heart, words that we should pray day in and day out. He says, not as I will, but as you will. Not as I will, but as you will. I close by pointing to the end of our chapter in EHS this week where Scazzaro reminds us of St. Benedict's ladder of humility, the ladder of humility, which is interesting because the end goal of the ladder of humility is, he calls it transformation into the love of God, that the goal of humility, the telos, the destination of humility is transformation into the love of God. Yet where does it begin? It begins with the fear of God, It begins with doing his will, submitting ours to his. And then interestingly, the very next step in this ladder of humility is submission to the direction of others. And so as one kind of practical note, 
think on that final point today. What does it mean to submit your life to the direction of others? Maybe healthy spiritual direction is a form of limitation that is a gift, not constricting in a negative way, but is a gift from God that you and I are meant to receive. I would say be very, very wary of any form of self-guided, self-directed faith. In seminary, I took a handful of self-directed studies, independent studies, and they were by far the worst classes that I took of all of them because all it did was it confirmed my own biases. It simply deepened me in things that I was already thinking or already interested in. Sometimes you and I need teachers who have different experiences and see things different than we do who can guide us and direct us. It's why physically we need, we need personal trainers because sometimes they can encourage us and help us do things that we would not do in and of ourselves. We need guides in the faith, guides in life. And so if you sit here this morning and you feel as though your faith is largely self-guided, if you are living right now a self-directed spirituality, come and talk to me. Come and talk to me, shoot me an email this week and let's make a plan. Let's together make a plan on how you can move from a self-guided faith into the healthy embrace of limits, the gift of living life with others within the healthy boundaries that our Lord offers to us. And so join me as we pray now together. Father, may that be true of us this week. Would we see your way that the law of the Lord would be for our good, that we would delight in it, that we would celebrate the invitation before us to walk in your ways and to delight in your will. And so give us the courage and the strength to do so this week where we feel lost, where we feel misdirected, where we feel alone and isolated, help us to reach out for help and to put a hand up and say, I need someone to come alongside me and walk with me. And together, Father, we as your people uh, long to journey evermore into your love and the life of your kingdom. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.